Happy Saturday, my podcast family, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. So I'm going to go over some history first before we get into the scripture. Just thought I'd change things up a bit. So I want us to remember that God wanted Israel to be the poster children for having him at their center. He wanted the other nations to see how great he was and, and how good he was to his people. And then they, the other nations, would seek him for themselves. Remember when he delivered them out of Egypt, word got out, you know, that how he had delivered them and other nations were in fear of Israel. But that fear and awe of Israel and their God didn't last for very long. Um, and the reason why it didn't is because Egypt, uh, Egypt, sorry, Israel ended up rejecting having God as their king. They didn't want a theocracy. Remember, they wanted a king. And so God granted them their wish, even after warning them of what kings would do. He stated, and you'll find in scripture where it says, they'll take your daughters, they'll send your sons off to war, they'll charge you taxes, and on and on. And the people say, we don't care, essentially. So in spite of God's warning, they still wanted a king, and God granted them a king. Now let's just pause there. Are we going to God insisting that he do something that really isn't in his will? We, we don't want God to grant us anything that in, isn't in his will. He didn't want Israel to, to go to have a king. He wanted to be their king. But for some reason, he acquiesced. I don't ever want God to acquiesce with me. I always want his will to be done. I will be the one to say, okay, uncle, I give up. Even if what I want feels good, looks good, tastes good, whatever it is, if it's not in God's will, then I don't want it. And I think that's how we should be. Because we have the lesson in the Old Testament of what Israel had to go through. So as a result of them getting kings, which they begged God for, they had a mixture of great and bad. And it seems as if there were really no middle ground. They were either good or bad. And you'll find in First and Second Kings the whole lineage of the kings that you know came after David and Solomon or Saul, David, and Solomon. And you'll find phrases that say that the king did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Or in case of Abijam, you'll find it says, he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had committed before him, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord. This confirms, for me at least, their falling away from God. And it was this succession of slowly lowering of their standards and allowing the outside to influence them versus the other way around that put them at odds with God. They allowed other gods to come into their camp and to be worshipped. And you'll read even in Nehemiah that they lost the word of God, which was the book of the law that chronicled Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Torah, they lost it. You'll find that in 2 Kings 22 and Nehemiah 8. That's how far removed they were from God. So God allowed various enemies to capture them and take them away from the promised land. 
And this is where we find today's passage. It comes from Isaiah, the 30th chapter, verses 15 through 18. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. For this is what the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said. In repentance and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you are not willing. And you and you said, no, for we will flee on horses. Therefore, you shall flee. And we will ride on swift horses. Therefore, those who pursue you shall be swift. One thousand will flee at the threat of one man and will flee at the threat of five, until you are left like a signal post on a mountaintop and like a flag on a hill. Therefore, the, lo- the Lord longs to be gracious to you, and therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is God is a God of justice. How blessed are those who long for him. Isn't that a very telling passage of scripture? Are you nodding your head yes? You should be. (laughs) God, speaking through Isaiah, reminds them of their deeds, that they're doing all that they want to do. But then he provides them with assurance that he will not leave them. Our God is that good. When I read this passage, I highlighted a couple of words and phrases that jumped out at the reading for me. And it said the first that came was the the, the combination of repentance and rest. It is with these two that we find salvation. Repentance, of course, because we must acknowledge our sins before God and ask for forgiveness. After we've done that, then we will find rest. Isn't that telling? Rest. To me, this coincides with what Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. And what Jesus did when he ascended to heaven, he took his seat next to God the Father because there is nothing left to do but rest. But we don't do that, do we? We are busy bees buzzing around, oftentimes directionless, trying to either earn our way to God or push our own agendas as, you know, Israel did. We want a king. We want this career. We want this spouse. We want this house. We want this car. But here we see all we need to do is repent and rest in knowing that God is in control. Because it says that is where you'll find your strength, right? In quietness. That's another word that jumped out and phrased. Quietness and trust is your strength. To be still after you've rested to be quiet enough to hear God. And when you hear him, your trust will increase because you'll know that he is real and that he is there. Quietness and trust is our strength. But for those of you who are worriers, this should be caution to you. Stop, just stop. There isn't anything else left for you to do and remember we discussed that in a couple of episodes after you've done everything that that you know you can do because there is a partnership that we have with God there are things that he expects us to do and he's not going to do them for us after you've done all of that you release it to God and you rest and you be still and quiet and trust that he's doing and working on your behalf second word that jumped out at me was he toward the middle the he being God what is he doing 
He's waiting for Israel to come to their senses, and he's waiting for us to come to ours. I think I've stated before that, you know, we think we're waiting on God, but the reality is he's waiting on us. (laughs) Waiting on us to realize, okay, you've done all that you need to do, baby girl, baby boy. Now get out the way, give it to me. Trust me and be still and stop agitating. But let's not stop at him um, waiting. What is he waiting to do? To have compassion. If that doesn't make you stand still, I don't know what will. He's waiting on us to stop screwing around so that he can have compassion. After all that Israel had done, played the harlot, is exact phrase that is used in the Bible, he still wishes to bestow compassion on her. He still wishes to bestow compassion on us. Israel is no different than you and I. All the crazy stuff we do and the situations we create and then have the audacity to ask God why, he still extends his hand towards us to lift us out of our (laughs) cray-cray. That's compassion. And then the last verse reaffirms what those who have the courage to trust in God, those who have repented and rested and in quietness they trust God. It says that then they have the courage to just be still. That it's that it's done, that, that they've longed for him. The, those who have the courage to trust God, to be who he says that he is, those who repent and then rest, that last verse says that they're the ones that are blessed. They're blessed because they've longed for God. And the word long used here, I believe, can be the equivalent of hoped for or waited for or to seek him. They've repented rested in their quietness they trust God and therefore he doesn't have to wait he can give them his compassion they've given God their full attention and they seek to do what he has for them to do they put him at the center of their hearts they are blessed today let's let's examine where we are are we like Israel and being the harlot Have we substituted um, God, God's place in our lives for other things like our careers, our children, our spouses, caregiving? Take inventory and be honest. Then if you have found yourself that you've assimilated into this world, right? There's no distinction. You're no longer holy and set apart. Repent. Repent. And then rest. And in your quietness, allow your heart to reflect on how good God has been to you. And to remind yourself that you can trust him. And then know that God is waiting for you and has been waiting for you. So that now that you have entered into the resting in God, his compassions, which we know never fails, will provide you the comfort you need in this season. Today, let us learn to long for our Savior. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your holy word that stands as an example on things we ought not to do. 
I recall, I believe it was Paul who said that what we have in the word is examples for us. Examples that sometimes we can follow and sometimes, oop, they did that. They went to the right and they got smacked down. I'm going to go to the left. That's what your word is. It's, It's guidance to us, Lord. And today we see what Israel had done that put them in the state that they were in. We ask you, Father, right now that don't don't give in to the whims of our desires if they are not in accordance with your will. Do not give us what we want because we, like lost sheep, don't know what it is that we really need. We know that we need you, and the only reason that we know we need you is because your spirit that dwells within us. We don't want to be as bold and as arrogant to think that we know best. So we come to you seeking your will in our lives. We come, Lord, asking for repentance, for putting things before you, in front of you, that have taken the place of the relationship that we so desperately desire to have with you, one of intimacy, of frequency, of genuine love for you. Forgive us, Lord, and then help us to learn to look at things from your perspective, to allow us to do the things that we can do, and then to sit and rest and allow you to do the rest. We know that we cannot earn anything from you. It is merely you who have initiated everything, but we come in a positive response to you today, saying that we love you and we want to long for you. Help us to do that. Bless everyone who's listening today. Give them a heart that seeks you every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, podcast family, what are you going to do this Saturday? Whatever you do, minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.